Welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and beer. My name is Asif Lakani, and my co-host is... The Bill Lalani. And on today's episode, we're going to talk to you about preseason football, specifically the NFL Hall of Fame game that happened last weekend, as well as the NFL Hall of Fame ceremony. We're also going to talk about the Monday Night Brewing anniversary party that happened over the weekend, which is super awesome. And we're going to talk about more football, which is preseason week one. Um, but first things first, we're going to talk about the beer that we're drinking and on today's episode, what are we drinking, the Bill? It's called um, Careless Wit Beer. Um, okay. uh, and it's, uh, you know, that one song, Careless Whisper? You know, okay. the bam, 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 bam. Yeah, that song. Well, on the on the uh, <laughs> the can, it's actually a watermelon with a saxophone piece right over there. We'll oh. upload the picture in a little bit. But yeah, it's called a Careless Wit Beer. It's a, floor, it's a um, sour ale from Jay Wakefield. Uh, the reason we're drinking Jay Wakefield today is because the Falcons are playing the Dolphins this week. So we have a little bit of a um, Florida mixture right now, you know? Yeah. A little preview of kind of what we're trying to do this season is get beers from opposing teams and opposing cities onto the show um, so we can do a true face-off and, uh, between the beers. So yeah. Jay and Wakefield is from Miami. Yeah, it is. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we talk about Jay Wakefield having the turnover chains beer? Is yes, Jay Wakefield does make turnover chains, and that's the one that we told um, John Michaels exactly. about from 92.9. John from Miami. Let's so, go ahead and uh, take a sniff and take a sip. Wow. Get Uber watermelon, right? Uh, well, that that first sniff that I get. It's like very strong. I can I can sense the sour and the and the smell. I don't smell the watermelon, but okay. I definitely get like the acidity of it. And as awesome is taking a sniff and it's, oh, it's it's tart, right? That's tart, but you taste that watermelon. Yeah, and the sweetness of that watermelon does creep in there. And now, if it was a little colder, it'd be a little more mellow. Mm-hmm. But this is a little more closer to room temperature, so it kind of. Releases the flavor more, so you get more of that melon, uh, melon taste, okay. and the tartness is a lot more strong just because it's more down to room temperature, versus if it was more cold, where the coldness can sometimes hide some of the, um, yeah, some of the weird stuff in um in sours or even other beer. So as long as you don't put the beer in the freezer, it should be good. So, so yeah, what one rule we have on Bears Birds and Brews: do not put your beer in the freezer, or if you do, set it set an alarm clock and take a picture and tag us, because I've done it before. And uh, it was a disaster. But this is not a disaster. This is a good beer. You know, I didn't like sour beers originally. They grow on you. When I first had them. But, yeah, they grow on you because it's – I just like that, like, every – it's one of those things where you can't stop drinking it. Right. Well, well, for those – for anyone that is scared to try sours and they think they're worried about they may not like it, if you grew up liking Warheads, Sour Patch Kids, any type of sour candy – you will most likely enjoy s- some sour. Now, there are some sours that I don't even enjoy because they're just too different or too weird. Uh, but this one specifically right here, if you find yourself in Miami, totally recommend this. It's refreshing when it's really cold, but once it gets down a little too more room, te- room temperature, you get more of the flavors. You get more of the more of the melon, more of the um, tartness. So, really good. I think it's only 6%, right, Asif? Mm. Sorry, I'm taking pictures uh, and stuff for our Twitter. I believe it's 6%. But it's uh, 6% ABV, yep. correct. Yep, yep. So, yeah, uh, definitely shout out to Jay Wakefield. Um, if yeah. I'm back there again, I will definitely grab more stuff. And they have a lot of cool stuff, so definitely recommend Jay Wakefield. Um, if you like stouts, they have 
crazy amount of stouts they did do the gauntlet series so uh, gauntlet being the avengers gauntlet series where they did a different bourbon barrel i'm sorry a different barrel for a specific stout and then they blended it like the infinity stone so it's pretty cool i was able to try the green one over there but they were out of the purple but yeah they have a lot of cool stuff highly recommended oh yeah and uh you know who else has a lot of cool stuff who it's monday night brewing that they do because we were at their eighth anniversary party over the weekend and yeah. it was a really good time. They had the Tide on, for, for those of you who are listening, if you didn't get yourself um, a bottle of the Tide on at the party or just in general, if you haven't gotten it, get your hands on some it's really as good. soon as you can. It's, I think what Peter, the head brewer over there, and Aaron, who's our guy over there, um, and a few other people would just like, would say it's probably one of the best beers that they've ever made, mm -hmm. and I'd have to agree with them. Yeah. And it's so good. For their yep. eighth anniversary. And I also had their even darker subject matter. Um, that was Asian bourbon barrels, which was which was awesome. Like, it was really smooth, really good. Um, again, highly recommend that one. Very good. I recommend just going to the garage and having a good time. Like, everyone over there knows what to get you. Uh, what was it? The Lundy as well? The yeah. IPA? That was really good. I, I had the uh, Practice What You Peach, which mm -hmm. was a peach sour. Uh, and that was really, really good. They also had a forage beer, which was made with um, some like wild ingredients. And mm -hmm. I, I personally really enjoyed that one. And and then I couldn't put the Brewies and Breadhead down. I had like four of those. Like I lost half my tickets to the Brewies and Breadhead. It was ridiculous. And like the bill mentioned, the darker subject matter too is definitely, um, I mean, Monday night I think is just on top of its game right now. They're doing a lot. And I believe I saw that they're releasing a whiskey bottle. I think they have some whiskey. With ASW, there. right? Something like that. Yeah, I saw that. But we got to get our hands on that because yeah. I would love to try that. Um, also, do we want to talk about one other thing from the garage that Monday Night is doing? Uh, definitely. The uh, So they've got their exclusive membership package Oh, yes. Now, forgot about that. The Members Club. And let me get these details right so that way I don't ruin them for you. Get your deets. So the Monday Night Garage Club is an exclusive members-only beer club where they give you small batch barrel-aged beers, taproom discounts, members-only brewmaster dinners, um, custom glassware, and much more. So if you're interested in learning more about that... We visit, will tweet out the link. Yeah, visit mondaynight.com backslash garage club. And uh, hopefully, we'll, we'll see you there as part of this exclusive club. Definitely, definitely. Um, what's next, Nabil? Um, so there was football last week. I don't know if everyone watched it. I watched some of it. Um, did you watch any of it, Asif? I, I watched a little bit, yeah. yeah. I was here at Atlanta Tech Park, which is where we're recording. Shout out. Shout out Atlanta Tech Park. And, uh, yeah, I watched some of the game. Yeah. Um, it wasn't pretty. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And like, um, No, but I'll say, like, yes, it was a preseason game, so obviously it's not going to be pretty. But even for, like, a preseason game, like, the Falcons didn't look great. But again, I mean, like, I, I don't take any of that to yeah. account. I, I always compare it to the first day of school when you're like in middle school. You go in, you see the new people. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that from last year. Oh, I don't know who that person is. Oh, I wonder if that person's new. Mm -hmm. And then you go to class and everyone in class is like, oh, yeah, this is what we're going to do this year. Or okay, you have a girl in your it. class, you know, or you have yeah. like a really cute girl in your class. And like, oh, yeah, she's in our class. And then, like, you come back, like, two days later and she's not in your class anymore. Yeah, I could be just, just like the Falcons' third-string quarterback, who, you know, right. is out for the year now. Yeah, Ken <laughs> Benker. Sorry, man. We have, um, I would say that's probably the one highlight of the preseason game for me was how well that he played. Yeah. He looked, I yeah, mean, and granted, it's all with yeah. a grain of salt, right? But 
I think he did well, and I thought, okay, there might be something there because mm-hmm. Matt Schaub is not going to cut it at second string. Oh, no, definitely not. Sure. I mean, if, if Matt Ryan goes down for all this year, your season's over. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that – I also really like Drew, Lo- Drew Locke, what he was doing out there. He throws a pretty deep ball, man. Like, th- that ball is pretty. It's a tight spiral. It just floats in the air. And it doesn't always land where he expected it to land, but it looks pretty going out there. And uh, so, yeah, so Drew Locke went to Missouri. And as a lot of you hopefully know by now, I went to Missouri too. What? So, yeah, hell yeah. You don't, you don't say. M-I-Z, Mizzou alum right here. Drew Locke was there after me, but in watching a lot of Mizzou football for the last couple of years, uh, the one thing about Drew Locke that always stood out to me was his ability to throw the deep ball, how comfortable he seemed. Um you know, throwing the deep ball, and I'm happy that there's more of that in the NFL. I think it's funny because a lot of young quarterbacks, you got to get them to, like, get comfortable with throwing the deep ball, teach them how to throw, and he's still got stuff to learn. Yeah. But he looks very comfortable doing that, and it's some more of, like, the um, the technical things, throwing it versus, like, throwing it to the left hash or throwing it, like, to the right corner, like, right to the sticks. Maybe stuff like that is probably why he doesn't have down that some of these other young quarterbacks come in and you can build upon. Um, So it's going to be really interesting to see how Drew Locke's career plays out from that perspective. Uh, I do expect to see him play this year, though. I do do not think Joe Flacco is going to have a lock hold on that starting gig. Right. And, um, yeah, that's going to be one really interesting thing to see. But – don't go waste your first, like, 15 draft picks on Drew Locke as a fantasy quarterback. I mean, I wouldn't even draft Drew Locke as a fantasy quarterback. Right, exactly. Even though he will play this year, yeah. as we assume. Waiver wire. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, there was also a Hall of Fame ceremony this, mm-hmm. this uh, week as well. You know, we had a lot of a lot of players that I saw growing up play. Uh, I mean, I got Champ Bailey, Tony Gonzalez, Ty Law, Ed Reed. Also, I had Pat Bolin. Um, I think he was the owner of the um, Broncos. Kevin Mawe. Oh, I saw him play as well, but he was a safety, so I don't really remember him. And I remember seeing him play that much just because he was a center. You don't really watch a center that often. And then Johnny Robinson was a safety. I think he was the Veterans Committee. But, yeah, a lot of lot of awesome players. Um, I just remember thinking back in the day, Champ Bailey being the best corner for such a long time. Like, Absolutely. Like, you know, Darrell Revis had his run. Um, right, right now, Jalen Ramsey has his run. There was always those elite corners, but uh, Patrick Peterson. But I feel like Champ Bailey's run as the best corner in the league lasted longer than anyone thought it would. Yeah. One, Champ Bailey's a Georgia guy, not only from Georgia, but also went to the University of Georgia. And Champ Bailey, man, I I think we've all seen him make some pretty great plays. And yeah. He was one of those players where when you'd see him play on a Sunday or Monday or whenever it would be, he would – Sometimes he would jump out of you and be like, "Man, that guy is a Hall of Fame player." And now there's no. And he was always a Hall of Fame player, but now it's official. And and it's crazy in how the eras of football is so different because if if you guys remember, Champ Bailey was traded for Clinton Portis. Wow. Champ okay. Bailey started his career on the Redskins, I believe, and Clinton Portis was like a sixth round pick on the Broncos, who who was a luxury, who did well because of their zone blocking scheme. Um, and Mike Shanahan's zone blocking scheme. And Clint Portis wanted to get paid, and Shanahan was like, no, nah, I can replace you in a second. So he tra- he was traded to the Redskins for Champ Bailey, who that that's a horrible trade now that you look at it back in the back. Even though Clint Portis did well on the Redskins, you know, Champ, you would take an elite corner over an elite running back 
10 times out of 10. Mm-hmm. And it looks like football, like the rest of football finally caught up now to what was the thought process of this trade. Because, you know, you could, if you would offer um, the Jaguars Ezekiel Elliott for Jalen Ramsey, they would laugh at your face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, and, and I would say while your, while your argument is true, I think there are exceptions here and there, of course, right? I mean, yeah, but, you know, running backs are always a dime a dozen, mm-hmm. um, you know. And we'll talk about more of that, more of that in our fantasy on our fantasy episode because in fantasy football, running backs are not a dime a dozen. Right. But in the NFL, they are. Um, let's just talk a little bit more of the Hall of Fame guys. Like, um, I, I know you, the Hall of Fame player that you were that you saw most on this thing was Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, I mean, and one kind of like you like it's crazy because now we're at the point where a lot of the players who influence our football identities or our understanding of the game are now being immortalized. Right. And, uh, champ Bailey was one, Ed Reed was one. And of course, Tony Gonzalez is a big one mm-hmm. and greatest tight end ever to play the game. Mike Ditka. Okay. You know, <laughs> um, everyone's going to be like, you're, you're biased. I am very biased. Right. Well, that's why this is a bears and Falcons podcast. So I can negate that biasness <laughs> over here with my own bias. And say that Tony Gonzalez, as a matter of fact, is the greatest tight end to play of all time. Um, but no, it, it's crazy to see that Tony Gonzalez, like super athletic guy, kind of revolutionized him, how, and, him and Antonio Gates. Yeah, how football is played from that position, right? Because I don't think you get Rob Gronkowski if you don't have a Tony Gonzalez beforehand. No, no. I mean, you might now, but then Gronk, and Gronk is still. Like his to, very to, own. to be honest, Gronk may be the greatest end of all time, but his career is very compact. Yeah, and who knows if he's actually done playing? Yet. I think we'll he see. is. But with all that being said, um, you you have a Gronk without Tony Gonzalez, but maybe you don't, right? Because you know, if if Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates never did what they did, then maybe Gronk is looked at as like, hey man, you're a good guy, but your well, your size dictates that you play on this side of the bar. Yeah, play this yeah. Position. Gronk may have been a linebacker right. instead of being a tight end. Like like the like um. So again, this is my bias coming in, but I know a Mike Ditka story. So when Mike Ditka was drafted by the Bears, he initially thought he was going he was going to Chicago as a linebacker mm-hmm. because at that point, you know, they That's played they, did, they right? played both ways. And Mike Ditka was like, oh, I'm going to the Bears. You already got Dick Butkus. You're going to put me in next to Dick Butkus. I'll be the other, other linebacker. And then George Hallis is like, no, I want you at tight end. And at that point, tight end was just a blocking position that occasionally went out to catch the ball. And then Mike Ditka revolutionized the game. And he revolutionized the position of tight end, which then grew next with Kellen Winslow Jr., which grew next with Antonio Gates and um, – Antonio Gonzalez. Kevin Winslow Jr. Senior. I'm senior. G- Kevin senior. Kevin Winslow Senior. Yeah, well, J- Junior is a little bit of a crazy, right. crazy situation. He was good for a little bit, but no, he's I, just crazy. But I, I wanted to clarify the senior part because senior. Kevin Winslow, Kellen Winslow Senior, actually went to Mizzou as well. Oh wow, I, I didn't know, know that. I don't know if you know that, yeah. But Kellen Winslow Senior went to Missouri as well. So it seems like, and kind of like how you see in basketball, where you had you know Magic and Bird, and then you had Jordan, and mm-hmm. then you had Kobe, and now you have LeBron. So you got Ditka. And then Winslow, and then Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez, and now Robert and, and there was probably a couple of tight ends in between as oh, well, of course, right. but I just did not come into come right. into mind mean, because even in that basketball comparison, I mean, you still got uh, Penny Hardaway, yeah, right, and players like uh, Vince Carter and and McGrady and all that. Grant stuff. Hill, right. So um, it, generational talents is what we're getting at, yeah. and it's crazy to see that the generational talents that we grew up idolizing 
thinking like, yo, this guy's like really good to now be like, it's official. I mean, I think it's always weird seeing players you watched grow up going to the Hall of Fame because that also means the players you're currently watching are younger than you. That's crazy. And that's always a weird thing to see. Like, you know, I'm I'm still really happy Vince Carter's in the league who did resign with the Hawks. So Mm -hmm. some news over there. I'm still happy Vince Carter's in the league because that's still a player I saw grow up. But the second he retires, man, like I think I may be older than than like ninety percent of the league, and that's yeah. just that's just weird. And and, you know, for, and that's most of the fans of any sport. Most most of the fans in the stadium are older than the people who are playing. Right. But like when you're still at the age where you're still middling that pack, it's just a weird thing. Or yeah, and then. Especially when you start when everybody's older than you. Yeah, no, but not, not not just older than you, like extremely right. older well, than you. At least you think they are yeah. extremely older than you. And then you get older and you realize like, whoa, wow, Tony Gonzalez was doing that at 28, 29. But when you're younger, you're like, oh, he's so much older than me. You're like, wait, yeah. no, he's the age that I am now yeah. and he's catching touchdowns. I mean, I mean I, I'm an idiot right now and he was playing professional football. Right, like, catching touchdowns yeah. and stuff like that. Anyway. Um, no, shout out to those guys. Congrats to the Hall of Fame class. We're so I did want to talk about one part of one, one speech. I didn't listen to all the speeches, but there was one thing I heard that Ed Reed did that was fucking savage. Right. And that's my, um, quota of saying fuck at least one time. Well, not twice on the episode. So Ed Reed thanked the Browns and the Bengals during his speech. Mm-hmm. He said, Hey, I want to thank, um, the Browns and the Bengals. Because without you, I would not have 30 interceptions because you guys had such bad quarterbacks. Wow. Like, that's wow. not that's not verbatim, but that's the gist of what he said. So I dig it. That's um, Ed Reed for being savage. You know, arguably the greatest uh, safety of all time. Right. Ed Reed being savage. And uh, and he has the ability to say that. Savage. Um, very nice. All right. So now, what are we talking about? We're talking about this week's games, man. What are you looking for? So the Bears are playing Carolina. You know. Bears are um, Bear, Carolina's coming to Chicago. Uh, Ron Rivera's coming home, and um, I'm just happy that I get to watch the Bears again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see that blue on the field. Because technically, this is the first preseason game for everybody. Yeah, right. Yep. Well, last week was obviously a little different, but anyway. Yeah, so I'm just excited to see. Like, I want to see Javon Wims. Like, he yeah. tore up preseason last year. I saw some highlights of him on practice. Oh, dude, Javon Wims. Like, like today. remember what I said earlier. I said this about uh, two, maybe three episodes ago that I think if Riley Ridley and Javon Wims play up to expectation this year, Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel might be cut mm-hmm. because that's just a huge expense at a position we're very deep at. Yeah. And Anthony Miller is going to be doing very good this year as well. The Bears have a very deep wide receiver core that they turned around really fast because two years ago, our best wide receiver was Cameron Meredith who didn't even play because he hurt. He got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm really excited to see him. I'm really excited to see um, the running backs. Like, I don't expect to see Terry Cohen or Mike Davis or even um, David Montgomery. But Carrot White, you know, the guy that whose name you love, Carrot White. Yeah. I think he's going to be doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, you know, he's really fast. It's fucking, I'm just happy to see the Bears back. Yeah. Bears are back. Oh, and we do have breaking Bears news as well because this is a long thing that's been awaited for a while. Um, Walter Payton and George Hallis, Papa Bear, are getting statues that will be un- that will be unveiled this season at Soldier Field. Nice, right? Is this? I assume this all has to do with NFL 100. Not specifically. So they, they've wanted a Walter Payton statue at Soldier Field for many years, but mm-hmm. since the Bears don't own the stadium, 
and Soldier Field is supposed to be a field that honors fallen soldiers or just soldiers in general. Um, they, it's always been like a back and forth of should we do it, should we not? Right. And they finally agreed to have George Hallis and um, Walter Payton's statue over there. Now, George Hallis did serve in the military, okay. so his should have been there a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But Walter Payton also deserves one, so there's going to be two statues erected. And, hell yeah, both of them are very well deserving to be the first two statues of Soldier Field of, um, non, uh, of, um, of athletes. Hell yeah. And then, so just to give you all some background context real quick, um, our fam- we were both born in Chicago, and the Bill and I were. Yeah. He's clearly the Bears and the Chicago sports fan for the show. I'm the Falcons and Atlanta sports fan on the show. Um, though I was happy when the Cubs won the World Series, whatever. But Walter <laughs> Payton, my mom knows who Walter Payton is. My mom is the one who told me who Walter Payton is. And this is when I was like younger, probably like yeah. eight or nine years old. So when I didn't really understand anything about anything, um, my mom knew who Walter Payton was. And that's kind of who I learned. So, yes, very deserving. Definitely. Because that's the type of influence that he had for an immigrant parent to, like, know who he is. Granted, growing up and being in Chicago at the time when he was, you know, doing his thing obviously makes a difference. But, like, I mean, before, that's how big of a deal it is. Before Jordan won his rings in Chicago, Walter Payton actually owned Chicago. Jordan had to win three rings before he actually took over Chicago the way Walter Payton used to own Chicago. And then by that point, Walter Payton had passed away a couple of years later and Jordan took over all of Chicago. But yeah, yeah, Walter Payton would still own Chicago if he was still alive right now. Yeah, oh, royalty no matter how, how you look at it. Um, okay, so now... We got uh, Falcons and uh, Dolphins, man. Yeah, So and hence the, the Miami beer. Shout out Jay Wakefield. Jay Wakefield. Um, next time you go back there, I want some more Jay Wakefield. This is good stuff. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, we got the we got the Dolphins. It's funny because the Dolphins and the Falcons play each other in preseason. It seems like every year for the last couple of years. Yeah, it's happened. I don't know how. I don't know why. And I don't really mind. I guess. Mm-hmm. But one thing I'm looking for in this game is again we touched about it on the on the top of the episode is who's the second string quarterback going to be for Atlanta this season because. That's kind of a big deal, really, when you right. think about it. Um, I mean, preseason, you're still making cuts. So I think with well, this game, you still got like 60, 70 guys traveling to the stadiums for like the first two games. And then games three and four, you whittle it down to your 52-man roster. So there's going to be a bunch of players out there, like that girl in class that you saw the first mm-hmm. day or two that isn't going to be there anymore. But one thing that you do got to figure out is who's the second-string quarterback going to be for the rest of the year. Well, well Schaub is going to be the second-string quarterback. But he ain't good enough. He ain't, but the thing is you all already made a commitment to him, so he's going to be there. Uh, I mean – So I, I would I would look for more what quarterback's going to come in on the practice squad and just to see if anything in the future. So Schaub is going to be the guy. Now, you know, God forbid if Matt Ryan were to go down mm-hmm. and Schaub were to be the, were to be the quarterback – then, yeah, you would go out and sign somebody else. Right. Well, and that, and that's exactly the point that I'm getting at. It's like I would hate to be in that situation of damage, doing damage control when damage happens mm-hmm. versus being in the position of like, all right, we're ready to go with this guy. And if we got to do more damage control from here. But Matt Schaub is not going to cut it. Yeah. For example, I went to the first Falcons home game last year against Carolina, mm-hmm. right? And Matt Ryan has to go out for a play like relatively early in the game because his helmet came off. Nothing, yeah. nothing wrong with them. Just helmet comes off. You got to go out for the play, whatever. They send Matt Schaub in the game to make it easy for him. They give him a handoff play. Motherfucker fumbled the handoff. <laughs> with all right, warm up or not, I don't give a. It's a fucking handoff, and he fumbled it and lost eight yards on yeah. the play, maybe ten. 
And then Matt Ryan had to, of course, was going to come back in the next play anyway. But then had to come back in and then go back because it was a three and out. So fuck Matt Schaub. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he cannot be the second string quarterback for the Falcons, man. And and I hear you. And remember, I, I was saying the whole time in the offseason that the Falcons need to go sign, oddly enough, the opposite quarterback that's going to be starting on the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not just because Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good quarterback, an awesome backup, but because he was also in Dirk Cutter's offense for the last two years. So, oddly enough, y'all didn't. Y'all re-signed Matt Schaub, which makes sense because y'all got him for very cheap and um, Ryan Fitzpatrick got a pretty decent well, contract. And Matt Schaub has a history of Dirk Cutter as well. Yeah, yeah, but... but, but um, No, I, not to say that it's better than your point. I'm just saying, yeah. like, there's more reasons other than he's yeah. just the guy that um, was Well, and the other, the other reason why is because I thought Ryan Fitzpatrick was a better quarterback than Matt Schaub, which he obviously is. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. no doubt. No and doubt. Um, so so I'm just going to say what I'm excited to see on the Falcons game because I'm probably going to watch it as well. I'm excited to see Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard. Yeah. Like, definitely. Like, dude, uh, has that shit grown? Yeah, I don't know. Like, that know. shit was untamed last year, like his arm, bro. Like, it was just slinging his arm, slinging his beard. Like, is his beard still that crazy? I want to see. Yeah. No, we'll see. I think I think that's a great point. I mean, again, <laughs> I'm not super, super into preseason like that, other than the fact that, like, it's cool to just have the game on or something. I mean, I'm more hyped for preseason right now just because I haven't gotten to taste preseason yet. Mm-hmm. But don't worry. In a week and a half, I'm going to be dead with preseason as well. Yeah. But, like, you know, I'm just – I'm just itching for football. I'm itching for the Bears football right now. And we're getting there, man. <laughs> um, real quick, what other – is there anything else we got to talk about? I got something yeah. interesting. So we, we just, um, just some small NFL news. Um, supposedly Julio Jones is getting close to a contract that will make him the highest paid wide receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to be a three-year contract that some people are predicting. I think it might be more of closer to a five or a, f- a four or five. They may tie him with Matt Ryan's contract and keep him for four years or possibly even yeah, five. Yeah, I would think at this point you kind of just want to sync those two up. Yeah, and then um, Antonio Brown. So some fantasy news. Antonio Brown's feet's fucked up. Yeah, he was in a yeah. cryogenic chamber and he wasn't wearing shoes or socks so or whatever he needed. Yeah, on his feet. Um, and uh, wide receivers kind of need feet. So, you know, keep that in mind while you're drafting fantasy players. Which is crazy because I was talking to somebody about this at Atlantic Park earlier today. I mean, Antonio Brown talked himself into the situation of, like, I want to get out. I want to go to a new team. And I want to show people that, like, I, you know, I can play better than the way that I was. Or I can be play better if I'm treated better, whatever. And he's not having that happen. Um, but now he's in this position of, is he going to be able to play? Of course he's going to be able to play. But... Well, nah, I don't know. If you, if you got frostbitten feet, how the fuck are you going to play? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would think if he has a month to recover, so he's still got about a month to get over it. Who knows? I assume he'll play, though, at some point. But obviously, the pressure's on him now. As, yeah. as if it wasn't before, it's definitely on him now. It, it, um, it's a bad first step. Yeah. <laughs> pun intended. That was pun intended. Very intended. That was great, Nabil. Um and All right, then, back to you. What what, you, what were you going to say? No, yeah, just uh, so it's the 100th season of the NFL. I'm on the website right now. And did you know that the actually the NFL's first championship, um, do you know who won or what city or team or town won? The NFL's first championship. You're right. Okay. What year was that? In the summer of 1920. Summer of 1920. I'm going to go the Chicago Bears. Versus the Brooklyn, I don't know, it might have been the Dodgers actually. Well, no, you're off, but essentially, okay. just it seems like a team from Akron, Ohio, 
mm-hmm. won the NFL's first championship. And this was before the NFL was a thing. Yeah. But at that point, it was the American Professional Football Association. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now NFL. So, so the reason why um, the Hall of Fame is in Canton is because the football started in Canton, Ohio. That was where the first team, that's like one of the, where football was officially started. Boom. Well, and so, um, but yeah, I just think, obviously, I know about Akron, Ohio because of, LeBron James. There you go. Okay, there we go. Cool. And so um, it's crazy to think that this town that LeBron is from is also the town that's given us, like, the NFL in some weird way. Or, like, the first NFL championship, unofficial, whatever, so, is from Akron, Ohio. And, and who was the Akron, Ohio team facing? Does it say that? Uh, was I think is um, uh, maybe Brunswick. It doesn't say, it Brunswick. Doesn't say anything about Chicago. Damn it. If that's well, Decatur, maybe? No, Decatur Staley's. That's the Chica- that's what Chicago Bears used to be. Uh, I'm not seeing that. Don't worry about it. All right. But uh, it it was kind of done like college, where it's like voted on by uh, ah. association of writers and whatnot. So gotcha. A team from Akron though is with Sir a- Akron breeds greatness. I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, no, they don't. Well, the NFL and then LeBron James. I mean, okay, and great. Apparently, yeah. Steph Curry was born in Akron too. Actually, believe it or not. He, well, yeah, his father played for the Cavaliers, I believe. So right. that makes sense. So, Anyway, so Akron, Ohio, um, low-key kind of a big deal in the sports world. If you're going to have a child, move to Akron. There you go. Um, <laughs> is there anything? I mean, we talked about Vince Carter going yeah. back to the Hawks, so that's great. The Braves are on the tear right now. I don't know how John Lester's doing today because he had a pretty rough outing yeah, yesterday. John Lester had a pretty bad outing yesterday, but the Cubs did well. They won 9-1 today. Uh, so and the Braves doing are good. doing good, although the bullpen is still needs some work. Yep. But you know, we'll get there as we get closer to Yeah, we had a lot of trades go down. Uh you know, Nick Castellano is doing well for the Cubs. I don't know how well uh Sean Sean Green's doing for you guys. I don't know how good he is, but you know getting there. he's doing stuff, he's doing stuff. Um check us out this week. We are gonna be at Dames and Dregs uh, beer fest in um under down underground Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We'll be pouring some beer. I don't know what which stand, but just look out for us. I'll be the bearded guy next to the other brown guy. Yeah. And um, Dames and Dregs Beer Fest, that's Saturday, August 10th. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. And uh, in downtown Atlanta. Yep. And we appreciate y'all for listening. Definitely. At Bears, Birds, Brews on Twitter. At Bears, Birds, and Brews on Instagram. The bill, take it away. Check out our next couple of episodes. We'll be talking about fantasy talk and um, predictions for the upcoming NFL and called season. So if you want to put your bets in, do it after our episode.